word is chaos. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. Where a town turns into a city and a weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other. What a wild finish. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Wallace, the winner at Talladega. Get your tickets now. All right, race fans. Let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only. Racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. All right, I'd like to welcome you to the Rowdy Maglite Show Monday morning edition. And guys, we got our first driver for today driving for Emily Gates Motorsports, Joey Gates in the number 35 Toyota back from Texas. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Well, Joey, you finished 25th at Texas, but you kind of got run over there. Uh, kind of walk us through that little accident on us. Yeah, we could have had a <clears throat> much better day, on, unfortunately, but one way to look at it, we got at least a little bit lucky on still finishing 25th by not finishing i guess um but yeah, they're all wrecking there in front of us and stepped up and then uh two guys behind us were about 15 car lengths back and uh, i guess we're driving off their their hood pins and never checked up and uh turned us into the wall unfortunately so joy uh talladega this weekend we'll be uh racing talladega this weekend so, Joy, you, you've got your own team now. That that kind of helps you make more races and makes it more affordable for you. Of course, there's nothing affordable about racing, uh, Joy. Uh, I know you know that. I, I, but I, I don't I don't quite know about all that. But um, we uh, we do got our own team. Well, it it makes it a little more decision wise where you can can make more decisions on what tracks you do race. But you've had some pretty good drivers in your car when you wasn't in there. Yeah, yeah, you know, we've uh we've we've worked really hard this year on trying to uh uh you know, make a lot of <clears throat> smart moves and you know, uh, business-wise, you know, I'm in the car when I got a sponsor and if not, uh we put someone else in it and you know, me and my partner Patrick, we both have that same uh same theory and you know, he's uh he's a driver too and uh, you know, we've we've had some good drivers in there from Shane Lee and Parker Kligerman and um, and and others, and uh, we'll have Brad Perez uh, back in our car again uh, at the Roval here uh, here next week. Joy, the uh, Xfinity Series is uh, pretty hefty this year. A lot of car counts, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's by far you know the the most competition um, there's been in the series since I've been in the sport the last uh, 11 years or so, you know, there's, there's not only a lot of cars, but uh, every car that's showing up is a, uh, is a high quality um, effort, you know, for sure. You know, it, it used to be, if you got an A motor um, at a speedway, you're just automatically, you know, pretty much in the show to where nowadays, you know, on any given weekend, there's normally at least 25 cars out there with an A motor and you go to a, a speedway, there's, you know, at least normally, 
35. So the the competition is uh, is much 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 higher than it than it's ever been before. Joy, you still get that feeling you get, that you got when you was eight years old in that go kart. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I still definitely get get excited uh, when we get to the racetrack, and then you know, it, it reminds yourself uh, why why we still do this. Well, Joy, I've watched your career over several years, and and uh, let's talk a few minutes about your, your sponsors that you carry on your car. Yeah, you know, we've uh, I, I wouldn't be able to do this with it uh, if it wasn't for our partners, you know, throughout my. My whole career, um, but uh, you know our our big partners, you know, all of our donate life partners across the nation that teamed up with me uh, pretty much my whole whole NASCAR career here. Uh, Kitty Cat Coin, um, Sparks Energy, Abzaroka, Pro Master, uh, and you know Cooks Headers, and and many many more. You know, without without all these great partners, we wouldn't be able to do uh, what we've done this year and what I've been able to do uh, my whole career. Hey, Joey, you got Kyle here. Uh, my first question for you is um, what's ownership been like um, working, working with Patrick Emerling? I know you talked a little bit about it earlier, but what's it been like working with him and, and being, you know, being a driver owner on that side of things? Uh, it's stressful, of course. Um, you know, there's there's a lot more uh, aspects that go into it now, but, um, you know, for for the most part, you know, it's what I've uh, what I expected before we uh, before we jumped into it. You know, I've been, uh, I guess you can say fortunate to where, you know, with a lot of the teams I've been on before this point have been been smaller teams. And, you know, I've always kind of been uh, responsible for a lot more than just uh, driving the race car uh, when I was with these teams. So it definitely uh, definitely helped me get prepared um, a little bit for uh, what we're doing um, this year. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, you know, there's some things I maybe would have done a little bit different, but, you know, for the most part, um, I think uh, I wouldn't change a thing. And, you know, working with Patrick, he's uh, he's a great guy, and, and uh, I couldn't ask for a better partner. My next question for you is, um, Rowdy Benchy, you know, you've been around for a little bit, um, and, I, and I've seen a lot of your, your photos. I mean, what's it been like raising a family, you know, dealing with, with racing as well? Uh, you know, that definitely, uh, definitely, it would be a little bit easier uh, doing this for sure time-wise if uh, if you don't have a family, um, you know, or being married and have kids and, and all that. But uh, at the same time, you know, it's extra motivation to uh, make sure you bring, uh, you bring some bread back to the house and, uh, you know, make your kids proud too. So it's, uh, luckily my wife, uh, you know, she's been super uh, uh, supportive through, through my whole racing career and uh you know she she was all for me uh starting my own team and and she knew it was uh you know it was going to be tough and that uh it's it's not easy going by by any means but uh she's right there every step of the way and you know it's a it's a good thing and a bad thing but my kids are uh, are all all about racing right now and and they love every second of it so you have Patrick Emerling. He's a modified ace. Um, have you ever seen a modified race before in the Northeast or anywhere else? Um, you know, with his with his background, um, I know that uh, I think it was. I don't know what race it was. I know he was scheduled to run, but uh, I think it was Watkins Glen because we had Brad on our show. Um, you know, what's it like been working with Patrick, and um, you know what 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 has he brought to the team this year? Uh, you know, a lot. It, you know, that's part of the reason why we teamed up together. You know, uh, he basically 
I had uh, everything he didn't have, and he had everything I didn't have. So it was kind of a perfect marriage, and we had the, the same ideas, and, you know, we're the same age, and, you know, we we both just love racing. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's been a good partnership, and, you know, uh, he he's ran businesses before, so his side um, on all of that was uh, was good insight. You know, I've been in um, I've been in this world of racing, uh, you know, a very very long time and know, knew a lot of ins and outs and and stuff like that that you wouldn't know, you know, from just being a uh, a normal business owner or you know owning a uh, a wheel and modified team and and stuff like that. So it's uh, been a really good partnership. And um, we, we get along really well, too, and, and friends on top of it. So it's uh, it goes well. My last question for you is, um, I mean, did you expect to have it run as well as you have? have did you expect that at all this year, um, you know, being a new team and everything? I um, you know, you, like, like, you know, you mentioned you have several drivers in the car. Uh, I mean, have you expected to have as much success as you've had this year so far? Uh, you know, that was definitely, you know, always the, the hope and, you know, our, our first goal first and, and foremost was to, you know, make, make every race and to try to finish every race. Um, you know, that, that's definitely been uh, something I've been, been proud of, you know, something we've been able to do, do well at is, uh, you know, make sure we prepare, uh, good, good mechanically running race cars. I go to the racetrack every week and, uh, hopefully we can, uh, we can keep that going. And, uh, you know, that being on a lot of other teams, you know, and in the past, that was a lot of times our downfall was uh, mechanical failures. So I wanted to do everything we could to uh, to try to do, uh, make sure we didn't have that problem. Joey, with the uh, Xfinity Series now running the composite body, does that make it a little easier and less uh, cost efficient to make it more cost efficient to have that composite body now? Uh, in some ways, yes. Um, in some ways, no. But, um, you know, the, the nice thing is, you know, if you're, you know, you're out west or something, um, you know, when I've been on other teams, if you, uh, if you got hit in the quarter panel or, you know, rear bumper or something, um, you at least have a shot at fixing it and not having to come all the way back home to, uh, to do that for the next week. Um, that's, that's definitely the biggest thing. And, you know, not having to, uh, use Bondo in them and, and all of that definitely, uh, definitely nice and, and helpful. Um, you know, just like everything, unfortunately, the cost of the panels right now are, are, uh, are going up and, uh, you know, it's being able to get everything exact to, uh, meet the Romer arm. Um, still is a lot of, a lot of hard work and you definitely have to have a really good guy with the Romer arm to, uh, to make that happen. But overall, I definitely think because composite bodies, uh, are the way to go for the teams. Uh, Joy, let's talk about the guys back at the shop that helps you make make you go each weekend. Yeah, you know, we have a great team uh, back at the shop. We got uh, Rick Regoyes, uh Scott Eggleson, and uh, many, Brian Kozlowski and, and many other really good guys um, that are back here making sure uh, we get everything done. And, you know, that's, uh, that's the one uh, funny thing going into the season. Uh, we, had a, we had a lot of guys that had um, – a lot of cup experience, um, you know, in the past, but never had Xfinity experience, which was, uh, which was a good thing. And, and the bad thing, you know, we built our, our cars like tanks and, uh, just getting to know the Xfinity setups, um, and playing catch up on that was, uh, was a little bit, but uh, we have a lot of good, uh, experienced guys who know the ins and outs of NASCAR. 
And, Joey, where can they keep up with you, your season, rest of the season, and keep up? Yeah, everyone can uh, keep up with us at Joey Gase Racing and Emily and Gase Motorsports um, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we try to do everything we can to keep uh, every, everyone up to date on there. All right, Joey Gates. Joey, be at Talladega this weekend. Looking forward to meeting you. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. Yes, sir. Thanks, Joey. You'll have to see it to yeah, believe thank it. Thank you. Whoever Bye-bye. said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a tradition like no other. NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, Kyle. Joey Gates, right be at Talladega Super Speedway this weekend. If you hadn't got your tickets, still a chance. Jump over there and Kyle. And Kyle, they will have the rodeo on Friday night, the concert on the infield, all that's free with a Sunday ticket. All it takes to get in entry to that. Looking forward to it. It was great. Uh, a year ago, the Bulls were unbelievable. And, uh, Thanks for Joey for calling in. So uh, we talked about it earlier and didn't get the uh, tire issue this weekend. We got Scott Miller here, and we got a few minutes for Dylan calls. Let's play Scott, and uh, it's this little four-minute deal. Hello. Uh-huh. Talk about what you saw today. There's a lot of questions about what happened with the tires. Well, I mean. Obviously, we saw a lot of tire problems, and we saw a lot of teams that didn't have tire problems. And you know, we're working, <clears throat> working through that. Goodyear's working through that with the teams, and you know, working through what the setups were, what the air pressures were, to try to try to get to the bottom of it. But you know, there was a lot of teams that reported no problems to us post race, and you know, and they did admit to being a little bit on the conservative side, uh, air pressure, and being closer to. Uh, the, su- the suggested uh, minimums that Goodyear recommended. Scott, uh, did you guys consider penalizing William Byron for tapping Denny Hamlin there under caution? And if n- if so, what kind? Of, what were the discussions and why the ultimate decision not to penalize? So uh, I'll have to be honest with you, Bob. When we were in the tower, we were paying more attention to the actual cause of the caution uh, up there and dispatching our equipment. Uh, the William Byron, Denny Hamlin thing, we had no eyes on. We saw Denny go through the grass, and by the time we got to uh, a replay that showed the incident well enough to do anything to it, we'd gone back to green, but I'm not sure that um, that issue is completely resolved as of yet. So we'll be looking at, uh, we'll be looking at that when we get back to, back to work. Uh, we, we're going to work through those things, Bob. On the tires, uh, this is the same tire we're going to use in Las Vegas. Are you guys going to talk to the teams and the Goodyear to kind of figure out maybe uh, if there's similar issues there to try to avoid that? Um, uh, yeah, I, that's what I said. Goodyear is working with the teams about the, uh, you know, on their setups and everything else to try to, you know, tr- try to mitigate the problems that we that we're certainly seeing. You know, we're all, you know, we're all learning about the setups, the tires. Goodyear's learning about the construction, the new wheels. So it. it you know, it's part of a learning. It's an unfortunate part of a learning uh, learning process. But as I said earlier, the ones that uh, didn't have any problems admitted to being on the conservative side with uh, with all the things that are that are difficult on tires. They make speed, but they're difficult on tires. Scott, some of the teams said if they were the conservative teams said that they're still 
uh, an amount of laps that a tire should last, right? How long should the tires last? Is there some sort of, you know, they didn't have enough tire today? Uh, I don't really know how to comment on how long a tire should last. The ones that, the ones, the top four at least ran uh, 64 laps, you know, home. And, you know, if they can go 64 laps, they have, you know, plenty of tires to get the job done. Um, in reference to the Hamlin Byron <coughs> could you have put uh, Hamlin back in his position had you seen it soon enough? Would that have been what you guys would have so, looked at? So there would probably, you know, if we had seen that good enough to react to it real time, which, which we should have, like no excuse there, um, there would probably have been two courses of action. One would have been to put Hamlin back where he was, or the other would be to have um, made Williams start in the back. So moving forward, because this is a situation that impacts a couple playoff drivers and, and could impact their playoffs, and you guys have talked about in the, in the tower of, of making some changes when there have been issues like here, having the committee with cautions after the all-star race, what, what more can you do to try to be better or, or try not to try to avoid a situation like this where you're able to see something? Especially with it being a playoff race, and so much at stake. Well, so we we don't have we don't have the cameras cameras and the monitors that we've got. We dedicate them mostly to officiating and uh, seeing like our safety vehicles and how to dispatch them and all that. And by the time we put all those cameras up, we don't have room for all of the in-car cameras to be monitored so we're going to look at having you know because we could if we would have had access immediate access to the 24 in-car camera that would have helped us a lot with uh, you know being able to find that quickly so that's definitely one of the things that we're looking at what about the race obviously uh, a lot of caution what about the track itself and, and the things that uh, have been you know, talked about reconfiguration rebuild the track your thoughts on that after today's race? Well, I, I, I think that, okay. uh, you know, I think the general consensus, and this just isn't my opinion, is this has been a difficult, uh, it's been a difficult track to race on for a while now. So um, what the plans are for it or anything like that, I don't have any details on, on any of that. But, uh, you know, if you ask the drivers, if you ask the crew chiefs, it's, it's been a difficult place, you know, over the years, for sure. If you, will you debrief with the teams, et cetera, and with Goodyear, because you'll have a debrief, right? How do you reach out to the teams? How do you find out? And, you know, what, what will the process be? Well, I mean, we have a pretty open dialogue with the teams and the engineers, so um, we, have a, we have a meeting with Goodyear. Goodyear has open dialogues with the teams, so it's, it's not, you know, it's not like anybody doesn't want to participate in that. We all, as an industry, want to figure out um, how we can be better. Everyone, thank you. Thank you for Thanks. your time. All right, a uh, little bit of tire issue at Texas. I don't know, Kyle. It, Two races. It seems like a lot of the I'm... playoff drivers had trouble. Uh, Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott, uh, Alex Bowman. I, I don't know. It just seemed like there were a lot of a lot of issues with playoff drivers. Um, you know, I mean, we've had four playoff races so far, and no playoff drivers have won yet. So, um, been an interesting season, Rowdy. Um, yeah, tires, uh, it's been, you know, I mean, that, that's always a discussion. I mean, it's not really a, not big of a surprise, but, you know, Texas, I mean, hasn't really had issues really with, with tire wear, in the, at least recently, but 
You know, it's I mean, it was a 500-mile race, and it's definitely different than the All-Star race weekend. So, uh, yeah, uh, looks like tires were an issue, Rowdy, and um, I guess they're going to have to go back to the to the drawing board and figure it out. All right, Kyle, we got our next driver calling in, Dylan Norris. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglai Show, Dylan. Hi, thanks for having me. So, uh, Dylan, I've seen that you had... You know, I'm, a, I'm an Alabama guy, and Kyle's the PA. So uh, when I go to, to Pocono, I always try to hit some of the local tracks. And I was lucky and fortunate enough to go down this long country road to nowhere, I thought. And then all of a sudden appeared this beautiful little dirt track called Lincoln Speedway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, that's about five minutes away from my house. It's pretty local to me. So, uh, with that being said, you come from a little bit of a racing family, did you not, Dylan? Yeah, um, my, you know, my dad's been involved in the sport for his whole life. He's been on the road with uh, World of Outlaws and, and All-Stars and went to Australia for a few months. And then um, my uncle is Chris Esch, who was a World of Outlaws Rookie of the Year and, and was on the tour for a while. And, I mean, just uh, my car owner, Scott, um, his brother was Kevin Gobrek, and uh, Scott raced himself, and his brother Brian raced also. So, Dylan, how would you decide 410 sprint cars was going to be what you start with here? It just, um, you know, of course I started in lower ranks, uh, quarter midgets to micros, and then worked my way up to 410s. But um, I just feel like that was my ultimate goal, um, and we're still not – you know, my ultimate goal would be to get on either the All-Star Tour or World of Outlaws Tour. But um, it's just sprint cars have been what I've been around my whole life. And uh, they just, they're just awesome. And that's why I want to do it. Well, do you think racing, being part of the PA Posse, helps make that dream come true faster? Definitely. Um, I don't, you know... It may be a little bit biased, but I don't think there's much better local competition in any state than Pennsylvania. You know, even um, even our not-as-good guys are still probably pretty good guys in other states. So it just makes the learning curve harder, but, you know, when you can win, it makes it a lot more um, rewarding because you know you beat really good cars. Well, Dylan, I see you race at places like Port Royal, Baps, Big Diamond, Sealands Grove. Have you got a, a track that kind of sticks out that you that's your favorite track? Um, probably Williams Grove would be my favorite. Um, you know, I I like going to a lot of these tracks. I I really just like going to any track that's new to me or tracks that I haven't been to very often. But, um probably just Williams Grove because that seems to be the track that I get around the best and have the most success at. And there's, there's some big races there during the year. So, um, one of them big wins. Hey Dylan, you got Kyle here. Uh, my first question for you is, uh, talk a little bit about how the dirt classic won at Lincoln. Uh, you were the hard charger in that race. Uh, I mean, can you just talk a little bit about how your race went? Um, I did see the highlights. It looked pretty pretty interesting. So um, how did it go for you, and um, what was it like being being in that race? 
Yeah, it uh it started out a little rough. Um we didn't we didn't time trial very good and and the format is um is really heavily weighted on time trials because uh, it's a points-based system. So we didn't time very good. Um, had to start in the back of our heat race then, and we gained a position or two, and then they invert for the second heat, and we started third and finished third. So we weren't really able to gain many points. So we ran the B and ended up, I think, 10th in the B from 15th. Um, you know, I felt all night like we had a really good car other than time trials. It's just it was so hard to dig yourself out of that hole. But um, luckily with our point situation, I was able to get a provisional. And um, and I was fairly confident going into the feature that we would be okay because, like I said, my car felt great all night. It was just we couldn't dig ourselves out of that hole. So I felt like we had a car fast enough to be in the A main. And um, I think it showed. I think we past 15 cars and got hard charger um it was just more of a buying your time kind of deal you know picking you know not not pushing it too hard at the beginning but picking off spots and the main thing was not getting lapped because once you get lapped in a race like that if you get lapped and a caution comes out then you're basically just holding on to your position because you know, the guys in front of you, even if you pass them, you're not going to, it's not going to be scored that you pass them. So, um, I, Macri, who ended up finishing second, he slid me to lap me, and I was able to unlap myself. And I think that was really the the big part of the race because then a caution came out like a lap later, and everybody behind me was lapped. So, I was able to keep picking off cars. My next question for you is uh, talk a little bit about how Seals Grove went. Probably not the result you wanted, but, um, you know, how did that weekend go? Um, two nights. And um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I just need you to clarify something. I'm not sure if you ran Williams Grove or Seals Grove Friday night. But, um, I mean, what was it like Saturday night and, uh, you know, 40 laps, fuel stop? I mean, you know, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on Seals Grove? We actually did not end up going to Seals Grove. It it was on our schedule, but um, we hurt three motors in the past three weeks. So um, we have one more left, and we're trying to save that for the National Open this weekend. So it was on our plans. We ran the Grove Friday night, and we're going to go Saturday. But during our maintenance Friday night, we found out we hurt a motor. So that leads into my next question, which is a follow-up. Uh, National Open this week. Uh, I mean, wh- how many cars do you think are going to show up? Uh, you know, you're going to be against the Outlaws, the Posse versus the Outlaws, the famous rivalry. Um, you talked a little bit about how strong the Posse is. I mean, I mean, do you think right now, like that PA probably has the best sprint car drivers in the country? I mean, at least what we've seen from Brent Marks and Anthony Macri so far. Yeah, I think you know, I think there will definitely be a little over 50 cars just because, um, you know, the all-stars are off this weekend. So some of them guys will come in. Obviously you'll have all of the PA posse and, and then all of the outlaws. Um, I think it's, I think it's really hard to compare some of our guys to the outlaws because, you know, it's them guys are so every night and, and you are in Pennsylvania too, but, just racing against the outlaws is a whole different um it's it's a lot tougher but um i definitely think 
we have a pretty stout chance going in. Brent Marks is rolling really good. Anthony Macri is rolling really good. Uh, even Danny Dietrich has really started to roll really good. So um, I, I think it'll be interesting, and hopefully we can be up there with them. My final question for you is uh, talk a little bit about your relationship with Go Bright Motorsports, um, you know, with, with your owner, Scott. Uh, I mean, what's it been like, you know, what's it been like running for him? And, you know, what's it been like running behind a 410 sprint car every week? Yeah, it's been, it's been a dream. Um, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without Scott and, uh, and all of his partners. Um, it's been, you know, it's, it's a pretty good relationship. He trusts what we see and what we need to do and, and kind of gives us the backing and opportunities to do whatever we, we need to do to best suit our race team. Um, you know, we've got to expand out a little bit more this year and, and not just run Lincoln and Baps and, and uh, Williams Grove. So that was, that was really cool because I like getting out to different tracks um, and just being able to run a 410 every week is a dream, you know. Um, even on a bad week, it's still at least I got to drive a 410 all week. Well, uh, I tell you, you go to a dirt track now, uh, like the World of Outlaws puts on a heck of a great show. I've I've never been to a World of Outlaws show that I didn't enjoy, and I'm telling you, they they put on a show. And to uh, for those guys to, to drive those cars, and and you're you're in that situation, Dylan, to drive those cars and. To me, it looks like you're driving as hard to hit that turn one while, and then you start ratcheting it to go through two, and then back down the back stretch again. That's got to be an awesome feeling with it open cockpit. Yeah, it, it's definitely a a crazy experience. You know, if if you ask if somebody asked me how do you drive a sprint car, I don't I don't think I could give an answer. I would say that would be an a good answer right there because there's not no answer. Uh, let's talk about the guys that, at the shop that helps you go around each race. Yeah, um, we have, you know, it's just uh, me, my dad, and, and a guy named Dale who is a is a sponsor of ours but also helps at the shop. Um, it's, it's insane a lot. You know, it, I'm not very post about it on social media. I don't. You know, I don't really talk on it much, but they are there every single night. You know, there's always something to do. You know, even if our car's ready for the week, they're there catching up on on stuff from the previous week or if we, you know, crash trying to get stuff fixed up as our third or second spare building cars every week. It's the, the number of hours they put in is countless, and there's nothing that I could show or do that to thank them enough. And what about your sponsors, Dylan? Yeah, I have a great backing system behind me and uh, really thankful for that. But, you know, Easy Go, Service Master Clean, Private Financial Group, The Gear Shop, uh, Smith Titanium, SCC Trucking, Front Runner Exteriors, FXG Sign and Label, Darwin Martin Trucking, Cahill Motorsports, Keebler Landscaping, uh, Freedom Off-Road, Beer Hill Gang, AL Driveline. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few, but everybody else that does, you know, 
became a partner with us this year. Uh, really thankful for them. And Dylan, tell everybody where they can follow and keep up with your racing season this rest of the year. Yeah, uh, I'm active on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Just at uh, GoBreck Motorsports is, would be the best way to find me. All right, Dylan Norris. Thanks, Dylan, for being part of the show today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a tradition like no other. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, I'd like to thank uh, Joey Gates and uh, Dylan Norris for being part of the show this morning, being fir- actually our first two Monday morning live guest drivers, Kyle. Thanks to Kyle. Rowdy, we were supposed to have Buddy Kofoid on uh, the day after the Springfield race, but uh, unfortunately uh, he had a bad accident at that race and uh, wasn't able to come on. But, uh, yeah, our first two guests um, on the Rowdy Maglite show, the Monday morning edition, um, worked out very well. Uh, Joey Gase uh, running the 35 car for uh, for his own team, Emerlin Gase Motorsports, and then Dylan Norris running the sprint car for Go Bright Motorsports. So um, glad everything worked out. Um, both were very good, and uh, glad uh, glad we can have these drivers come on and come on our show. I know you and I have been pushing for guests lately. Um, glad this all worked out. Um, I'm, I actually was surprised he didn't run Sealands Grove. Uh, I thought for sure he ran Sealands Grove. Dylan did, but um, but you know there'll be another day. I know the National Opens this week. That's a big race coming up Friday and Saturday night. Ten thousand to win. On Friday night, and then seventy-five thousand to win sat on on Saturday. Or excuse me, ten thousand to win Friday night, seventy-five thousand to win Saturday night. Uh, the World Outlaw is going to be in town, and then they'll be in town for the next few weeks, Rowdy. Uh, and then the week after is the Nittany Showdown at the Port Royal Speedway. So uh, a lot of a lot of racing, spring car racing, still still around. Um, another race I want to bring up while I'm thinking about it: Tuesday, October fourth. Not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. The, uh, Brian, the inaugural Brian Monteith Classic at Lincoln Speedway. Um, you know, and there's some rumors floating around. I might be going. I don't know yet. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. But I haven't made it to Lincoln yet since we were there last year, Rowdy, for the PA Speed Week race. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with that. And um, for me, uh, trying to get to Bloomsburg on Thursday night for their fair race, their first fair race in 37 years. Uh, trying to get there for that, uh, the, the Central PA Legends and the four the four cylinders um, at the Bloomsburg Fair Raceway. So, kind of what's been what's going on this week. Uh, we mentioned Anthony Macri. He won again, Rowdy, the third year in a row. He won the Jim Nace Memorial Open at Sealands Grove Speedway. Took home twenty six thousand dollars and uh, had to beat Danny Dietrich for that win. Um, you know, they both finished second and third. Macri and Dietrich to Brian Brown a few weeks ago when I was at Sealands Grove. And uh, this time the posse prevails. So uh, the the uh, the invaders won Friday night at uh, Sealands Grove Speedway. Darren Pittman for Hefner Racing. Um, he's back. He wound up running uh, Sealands Grove this week. I think he got a top five out of it. But uh, you know Briggs Danner also there with the 410 Sprint car in his, in his 5G machine. So I, I know Briggs has been running a little bit too. I know we we've had him on before. Hopefully we'll get him back on soon. But, uh, yeah, big weekend this weekend coming up, Rowdy. Williams Grove National Open. Um, I've been there the last two years, probably probably not going to make it this year. 
But uh, but glad, uh, you know, Williams Grove definitely on the schedule, and that's where Dylan got his first win. So uh, just a lot going on here in PA right now. Um, Rowdy, I told you a few weeks ago when we started with the Tuscarora 50, it was going to be like this for the next month. So yeah. um, a lot of sprint car racing, at least 410 sprint car racing here in Pennsylvania. And, yeah, the competition is very good here, Rowdy. I, I, I'm not biased. I'm just saying from what I've seen, you know, I've seen Brent Marks and Anthony Macri go to other racetracks and win, you know, out of state. So, um, you know, the, the competition is very tough for sure. Well, Kyle, Rico won at Eldora, so that, that was on Friday night. Yeah, Rowdy, it was uh, it was a long time coming. The Four Crown Nationals weekend at Eldora Speedway. Uh, Rico uh, won Friday night. Uh, then they had the big uh, the big Four Crown Nationals on Saturday night, the USAC Silver Crown cars, the USAC Wingless 410 Sprint cars, and the USAC Midgets, so, uh, and the All-Star Circuit of Champions, too. So it was four series, um, four different winners. Chris Windham took on the uh, USAC Midget feature. Uh, you know, he's been an all-star this year uh, with Tony Stewart's all-star circuit of champions. Uh, Logan Seavey won the USAC Silver Crown portion of the weekend. Uh, Tyler Courtney won the all-stars part of it. I think I'm missing one, Rowdy, but I can't I can't think of it right now. But uh, it was Justin Grant. That's who it was, Rowdy. It was Justin Grant who won the wingless 410 sprint car portion of the Eldora Four Crown National Saturday night. Rowdy, that might be on my bucket list now because uh, I like I would like to see all four series uh be there and participate to uh, to be there. So, you know, every, I've been to Eldora before. I went to the truck race in 2015 for the Mud Summer Classic, and everyone, everybody there told me you had to go to the Kings Royal. So hopefully I can I can make it there one day for that and, you know, maybe make it out to Eldora for another race sometime. So getting back to Xfinity, uh, Noah Gregson wins four in a row, Kyle. Uh, we're going to listen to – we're going to listen to Junior, but we'll probably play Noah tomorrow on a special show or something coming up this week, him in Winter's Circle, because we're going to be running short of time today. But, uh, hey, a big shout-out to C.J. McLaughlin finishing 10th, and, and also Nick Sanchez doing 11th. Yeah, Rowdy, Sea uh, Racing had a good run at Texas. Uh, Ryan C. finished 9th. You know, he's a playoff driver. And the story, I'm just fascinated by that story. Um, you know, they're outside on the outside looking in. I think they were the first, Ryan Sieg was the first driver to uh, make the playoffs in the last race. Um, that has not been done yet. So uh, that's something that's something that has happened. I mean, you know, there's a college car out, a Richard Childress racing car not in the playoffs. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, you know, I know Sheldon Cree was close to Darlington. Uh, Lent. Landon Castle had a few shots, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, mechanical gremlins caught both of them and crashes. So, uh, yeah, um, it's been an interesting Xfinity season. You know, Noah Gregson ties Sam Ard uh, for the first time since 1983 uh, with four straight wins. Um, he's going to go for number five at Talladega, where he won in the spring. So uh, we'll we'll see how he does. Um, you know, he's already locked into the next round. So uh, big win. Uh, I thought Austin Hill had a really good run in that race, Rowdy, um, finishing second. Um, you know, I, I know he's he's kind of a dark horse, I think, in this playoff. I'm not surprised he's been running well. Um, he's been doing really good in that 21 car rowdy. I, I know he's won, te- you know, he's won uh, two Super Speedway races, Daytona and Atlanta. Very good road course racer. I've noticed that. You know, he won the truck race at Watkins Glen last year. Um, so I mean, there's he's just he's good. You know, Austin Hill's really. I, th- I feel like Austin Hill is really per- really overperformed in that 21 car this year, and uh, you know he's been running really well. So. 
Uh, yeah, Junior Motorsports, another win for Noah Gregson. You know, he won the the last three races of the regular season, and he kicks the playoffs off with a win. So uh, good good momentum for the 19, you know, especially when you have – before we play the audio rowdy uh, of Dale Earnhardt Jr., um, I just want to say Luke Lambert's been a, been been big too, you know, with his experience in the Cup Series and now, you know, coming down working with a driver like Noah Gregson. and I think that's been really key too. So, um, you know, Luke Lambert's experience, you know, almost won the, the, the Cup Series title in 2014 and, you know, now – now being with Noah this year, so I think it's been a good good matchup, and you know um, they they continue to win. So uh, we'll we'll have to see how the rest of the playoffs go. Well, Noah rolls into uh, Talladega Super Speedway with four consecutive wins, uh, Kyle, and a lot of that is uh, keeping your fenders on. Junior Motorsports team owner Dale Earnhardt Jr., who's driver Noah Gregson in the number nine. Uh, Junior Motorsports Chevrolet just won his fourth race in a row. Uh, we will go straight to questions. We'll start up here with Bob in the front. Bob Hockers, Fox Sports. How hard is it to win four race, Xfinity races in a row? And of all the drivers you've had, where would you have picked Noah to be the one who had done it? <laughs> I'll say that, um, you know, it's an honor to, as a, as a, I think for Noah, when he truly does the homework, to understand what what Sam Ard was and what Sam Ard meant to uh, to stock okay, that and um, he'll really appreciate it more. Um, and uh, I do uh, feel like that you know anytime you can match some of those records from some of the legends in the sport, like Sam Ard, uh, it's uh, it's a great thing. Um, you know we uh, are so far removed from those guys. Uh, it's nice every once in a while just to hear their names. In, in the in the conversation, so uh, I take a lot of pride in that as a as an owner. But I think, you know, Noah's done all the hard work to get here. Uh, I was I don't think you know many of us thought he was Cup ready uh, a year or two ago, and he's he's gotten there. So definitely has all the things around him that's 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 been able to show what kind of great driver he could be. Uh, Luke is a crew chief and all the other things um, that uh, that he has around him really has put him in a great position to, to grow. And so he's been able to grow without losing that that style that we all like. Wow, it, it's been and, clear. Um, not everybody may know how to take Noah all the time, but he is so unique that it's um, – it's 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 severely needed, right? In 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 any kind of um, in any sport, you need personalities, and he's certainly an incredible personality. So, the, he's a great asset to the sport going forward, and and um, I, he seems, you know, the whole team really seems buckled down and ready to try to capitalize on the opportunity to win a championship this year before they move up. Go to Holly, then Justin, then Rob. Hi, Dale. Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about the way your team is peaking exactly when you want it to, with all four of these young guys in there, and um, I'm I'm considering Justin Young too compared yeah. to me. But just talk about that. Cars have just been fast all year. I don't know um, if I'd say we're we're really peaking, but we're just we're one thing's unique about it. I think is that we've been able to hold this edge. Usually teams, you know, even like ours, uh, get really strong, but it's very short-lived and there's a lot of ebb and flow between the organizations in the Cup Series and in Xfinity Garage. 
And uh, maybe in the Xfinity garage, it is possible for a lot of teams to get strong and stay strong, kind of control the whole season. Whereas in the Cup garage, it seems to go in a much shorter rotation between strength and performance from organization to organization. So um, I've just been sitting here enjoying it while it lasts. And you don't know whether that performance gain or advantage you have goes away tomorrow or it's going to go away after the year. But uh, obviously we feel pretty um, happy about everything, but um, you don't take in, you don't, you don't go into the next weekend assuming that that advantage is going to be there. So, um, but I will say this, you know, Noah's won four in a row, and I don't think that he was the best car in all four. Uh, in the last two, he actually was just in the right place at the right time when the best cars eliminated themselves one way or another. And so I think that's that's a great sign of just maturity, not only in Noah but the whole team to to be there for those opportunities. And um, But then go out there when you can just – straight up whoop them and whoop them, right, like it did today. But uh, those days will come. But it's awesome to win when you're just in the right place at the right time as well. That's how you get these seven uh, win seasons is is by being smart. And so um, hopefully we can make – I think for me the speed's in the cars, and now it's up to each driver, really the drivers who are on the track to go out there and make the right decisions make smart decisions and understand how to race and how to points race, how to race for wins when necessary and make all those decisions. I mean, really the teams are putting them in in position to succeed with the cars and and it comes down to just making the right choices on the track to make it happen. We'll go to Justin, Rob, and then Caleb. Yeah, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Uh, Junior, you're a huge advocate to the history of the sport. It's... Um, no question about that. So I guess two parts to this question. You came close to four in a row back in 99 um, when you went, I believe it was Dover, South Boston, and then Watkins Glen, and that was surrounded by a second and third. So I guess maybe kind of share that memory if you can, and then uh, just what Sam Arden means to the sport as a whole, considering Noah just accomplished that feat. Yeah, I, I think that we should absolutely you know, recognize Sam and how great he was, and we really lost Sam right in the peak of his his greatness right when he had his crash and injury but um we don't know you know how much more he might accomplish in in the in the next several years but uh you know because i think he won those four in a row in 83 and so i uh you know i think it's really important for us to to always um make sure that people are aware a lot of the younger fans drivers everybody that comes through the garage and industry understands all, all they can about some of the some of the names in the history of the sport. So, um, like I said, it's great to hear Sam's name just being co- talked about because you know throughout this last week of the potential of Noah tying him. So um, I know that it probably makes Sam's family very happy to hear him discussed in any way, right? So um, I do remember when I won three in a row, we had had a terrible first half of the year, and that really kind of kick-started our second year to try to run for that championship. We weren't really doing all the things right. I wasn't doing everything right. We go on a three-win streak, and it just seemed like from that moment on we were propelled into the to the, champ, the second championship. So having done so well or, or done so good in 98, we expected more in 90, 99, and it took us a while to get going, and I don't know what that was about. But um, to win to win three in a row, I think the, Martins, or the Watkins Glen win was really a big shock because – um, of who we who we raced with at the end of there, but uh, 
you know, I'm proud of Noah. No reason he can't go out there and set the record for five, right? I think he feels so confident. There's so much momentum. Luke is Luke. He is amazing, and we are so lucky to have him. You know, if he moves on uh, next year, we are just such a lucky organization to have had him for this single season. And so, uh, you know, I'm excited uh, to see what they can accomplish moving forward. I think that, you know, this is, uh, not, you know, I I felt like, you know, Algar might be in the best position of our four guys with the experience he has. But, gosh, I mean, Noah just keeps on going. And I think that the strength in that team has got, got to be concerning for everyone, not just, you know, our guys, but everybody, Gibbs and everyone. Go to Rob. I think for the first – so all year long, all the people that I've worked with at NBC have been telling me that Junior Motorsports is the best team, and I keep thinking to myself, man, when I watch the lap times and when I watch the races, I think that 54 car is the best. I just couldn't get – I couldn't ever get comfortable. But I feel like maybe today was a moment where I finally felt like one of our cars might be the best car in the series. And and um, so that's finally feeling real where my – my booth mates and teammates at NBC have kind of been saying that all year. I just haven't felt it in my gut till today. Rob Tiaxon from theponyfinish.net. Congratulations, Dale, on another win here for JR Motorsports. Two questions for you. I mean, what's it like to be a positive catalyst, having all these successful talents who will eventually make their way to the Cup Series, be it drivers or pit crew members? And secondly, you know, how special would it be to make uh, all four teams make it to the round of eight and eventually the championship four? Um, well, that would be an impossibility, I think, to get all four there. That's what you hope to happen. But just um, with everything that just went on today, you can see how circumstances and mistakes and missteps and things like that can take you out of contention. And um, we're all our teams are so different from, like, the, just the experience of the drivers, right? we got a very young driver uh in in uh in Sam and then we have you know Josh that's 30 years old got a lot of experience but also new to this series new to any kind of playoff you know system um Justin is the old veteran that you would you know think that would have it all figured out by now and make all the right moves and then Noah's just on fire right just everywhere he goes he's blazing a trail how long will that last right how long how long will the is the you know till the fuel in the tank runs out how long can he keep that momentum going? But um, so the teams for me are so unique. Uh, you know, although they're from the same organization, they're very different in personality. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, it's fun to give people an opportunity to succeed. It's fun. I, I, I cannot, you know, I can't wait for Cup teams to call to hire our guys. And I know it might sound crazy, but that's kind of like winning a race. You know, when when somebody calls and says, "I, I like this person and want to." bring them up to the next level. I look at our team and our series as kind of like the AAA or the college level. And so we want them to move up. We want them to graduate. We want to we want to be that place that is the springboard that gives people the best opportunity cuz that means if that if they see that as a pipeline, they come to us. The good people come to us cuz they see us as the opportunity for them to make that next step. And so that gives us even though we have a lot of turnover, at times, that gives us so much opportunity to, to bring in great people because they know that we're an access route to where they eventually want to be. And that's the cup level. You can't ignore that all the people that are there 
most of them for the most part, want to go to Cup. Now, some of them love to be where they are and want to be with us and have done the Cup thing and kind of enjoy being in the Xfinity garage and the culture there. But um, <clears throat> And we also try to be that same asset to Hendrick Motorsports, you know, a place where they can kind of keep their individuals in-house without losing them to other organizations. You know, you got an engineer that wants to be a crew chief, and he's getting opportunities outside the building. Well, you can send him to us, and we can give him that crew chief experience and opportunity that he des desires so badly. And that might keep him in the organization when the opportunity does open up at the cup level that he's looking for, and it's at Hendrick, right? And they haven't lost him uh, in that information, that talent. So that's kind of what we strive to be as a, as a company in, in terms of being a farm team. I'll go to Caleb and Jerry. Uh, Caleb Bessel, SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, Dale, another fun fact. Uh, no also tied, or not tied, repeated what Harry Gant did back in 91, winning four straight wins in September. Does that add any more uh, significance to this win today? Uh, things are coincidence. But, uh, you know, um, like I said, I hope Noah can go out there and win five in a row and just keep on winning. You know, that's the hope. But uh, everything um, – Everything one day at a time, especially with that guy, right? He's uh, They're going to go to Colt. You can ask him about this when he comes in here. They're going to go to Colt Swindell tonight playing at Billy Bob's, and we FaceTime Cole from Victory Lane. And I said, you better drag him up on stage. But I forgot he's got a cup race tomorrow. So <laughs> I said, uh, and then I text Cole back. I said, hey, remember, he's got a cup race tomorrow, okay? We can't have him shotgunning a bunch of beers up there. But uh, so uh, he's got some. he's still got some challenges in the day. Left, uh, left over. He's still got some hurdles and, and navigating to do, but he's going to send his guys uh, and, and try to get, get everybody a cowboy hat over at the strip mall and, uh, and, and go to Cole Swindell tonight, and, um, and they're going to have fun. I've got my wife and kids here, so I'm going to skip the concert and the Billy Bobs and all that, but uh, I had my day, you know, and uh, but he's, I love how they they go, they're going to go celebrate as a team. No, even though he does have this ma massive responsibility tomorrow, he's going to be there for his guys and make sure they have a great time. We're going to go to Jerry, Raphael, and then Elliot. Jerry Jordan, kicking the tires on that. Somebody got my other question, but and I wasn't going to ask anything until you kind of confused me just a second ago. You say you like being a feeder team. It sounds like you're backtracking from any potential cup team now. Is, is that, are you still wanting to go that route at some point? We always have looked at, you know, how can we get to cup and um we we i think kelly said it best recently that we're still kind of 50 50 on how to get there i think if the opportunity presents itself we're ready uh to make to make you know we're ready to buy a charter if the, if the if the if the right opportunity presents itself not everybody out there has just got charters laying around to sell and they you know every charter that is for sale has a lot of strings attached and a lot of baggage to it and they don't want to sell all the charter. They want to sell part of the charter. It's it's just a real murky, muddy system, right? And so it's not just like you can just go make it happen or pull a switch. Um, and so it's uh, – but we are actually closer, I think, than we've ever been to, you know, to, to making that decision or making that change or that choice. Um, and we – there's not been a day – in the last two years that Kelly hasn't done something to move us in that direction. I mean, she's met, if you, you can name, name me anybody in the industry, she's met with them about this. 
we are, you know, we're looking for, we're looking to understand how, when, where, and all the possibilities, and um, sifting through the, the, the you know the truth and the and the rumors and 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 who's really ready to get down to business, sifting through the you know all the everybody's got you know everybody that owns a chart charter wants you know a lot of money for it and and um you know there's just a lot of challenges to it but there's not a i mean every day we're we're like looking to go in that direction it just has to you know it has to come together and uh hasn't yet and and it, i think at this point we it won't come together for next year you know it'll have to be you know the the next year, and then you have the agreement and all that coming together, the new TV thing and all that. So many moving parts that affect our ability to to move to that next level. It's crazy, you know. Years ago, you just build a car and go race, and that ain't the case anymore. Yeah. You got a Raphael on the front. Congrats, Dale. A Raphael with Arconic. Uh, my question for you is, you know, today we've heard a lot of talk about what should happen with Texas Motor Speedway. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your guys saying about it? Well, I don't know that um, I've heard a lot of opinions, to be honest with you. Uh, but so here's the reality of the situation. I talked about this on the uh, qualifying and practice show for the Cup Series. Basically, I would assume that the grandstands are going to stay and the condos in turn two aren't going anywhere. I doubt the big hoss is going anywhere. So whatever you're going to do has got to fit in this footprint. So a half a mile short track is not happening, and a two-and-a-half-mile super speedway is not happening. Um, so whatever happens has to kind of fit basically where the track is now. So with those parameters, what do you do with this track as it is in this, you know, this, this, this footprint? Do you, you know, honestly, I think that in my opinion – I would either do one of two options, and I'm scared to put these out here, but um, I would revert back to the original for, uh, configuration in turn one and two. I'd leave turn three and four the way it's been. Uh, I might not even touch the track and wait till what I see tomorrow. This race is going to run in 100-degree temperatures during the middle of the day. Most of the races that we don't like here happen at night. Let's see what this racetrack looks like during the afternoon. Everybody might love it. You know, we could have, you know, a great race tomorrow and everybody go, well, now what do we do? Um, but I, I would I would either, you know, see after the race, if we don't have a good race tomorrow and there's still conversation or, or momentum behind making a change, I would I would first probably go back to the way the place was before they change one and two. Or... Uh, I mean, I, they could just repave the treated part of the racetrack. They could leave the bottom two grooves the way they are and literally just pave the upper grooves where, that have been treated. And that new asphalt would have more grip, more speed. Guys would be running up there to find that. You, you, you would basically have the racetrack you have now but without the treatment on it. Because I think the treatment is, is a long-term problem. Um, we put this on the track and it grips and that's great, but I think long term we're not going to want this stuff on our surface. And it's 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 reapplying, reapplying, reapplying. It's got to be kind of affecting the asphalt in a negative way. 
And so you see guys go up there and they're like, I can't get it. I can't mess with it until we activate it, till we run in it, till we make it hot and grippy. And, and um, but I think over a long time, long a long period of time, you don't want to be putting these things on the surface of your racetrack. And so, um, but that's just my thoughts on it. And, and I, my thoughts kind of evolve and change every day, it seems like. And I think tomorrow we're going to have even more opinions about it, depending on how the race is. It could be a great race. It could be an awesome race. I mean, I, I don't know how y'all feel, felt about today's race. It was, I thought it was pretty interesting, but um, hot and slick racetrack, cars sliding around, but where the track is treated is a dominant space, right? And I don't think that that's, I don't love that. So um, I think, I wonder where we might be today with this track untreated, entirely untreated ever, you know, right? But there was nothing out there. I wonder what kind of race we would have saw today, but it's hindsight. And um, but that's that's basically what I think about it. I don't think that anybody. I know that Marcus would love to put Atlanta 2.0 here, um, and and I don't. But I don't think that happens. I really don't believe that that's what's going to happen. I know the drivers. A lot of drivers aren't really going to love that at all. And so uh, I don't think anybody wants another Atlanta. You know. I like this. I think that. Something Parker Klingerman said it best today. I was talking to him. He said, "I won't. This place should be different than anything else. Not like Atlanta. Not like anything. Come to Texas because Texas only offers X, Y, Z, right? And that's a great way to think about it going in. How can you offer something that you don't get anywhere else? And so I'd start there. We'll go to Elliot. Right behind you, Elliot. Elliot Stern, Santa Maria Times. Uh, back to Noah, now four in a row. The next race with his personality, does the pressure mount, or does he look forward to this is just going to be a lot of fun? Which, because, I mean, the pressure can really get to you. Yeah. You know, he's won so many, and he's won seven on the year, and it's playoffs. I don't think it, um, I don't think that it would bother him. I really, I mean, not, I think he does get nervous. I think he does feel pressure. But I think the way he he acts is sort of his way of sort of getting that out, you know, getting that nervous energy away. Um, you know, you see him at the, you saw him at pre-race during the countdown to green show, and he's on the, he's on the the stage for the uh, intros, and he's just dancing around doing his thing, and the guys sitting around him are like, what the hell? Um, Ryan Sieg sitting next to him, almost embarrassed to be on camera, uh, because Noah's being so goofy. Uh, and so I think nerve, you know, he just knows how to sort of release all that nervous energy in those moments when the pressure can build up and the pressure can get to you. Uh, and so maybe we'll see him be more, you know, full of more antics, right? I don't know. He he kind of changes. You'll see him one race and he's like, buckle down and serious, you know, it's time to get down to business. And then the next race he's goofy, you know, before the race he's acting goofy and I tell you, you know, it's whatever. I, he's he's unique, man, and he beats to his own drum. And I don't, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about the moment being too big, you know, for this guy. I feel like that he loves the uh, loves to be in the middle of the of the big moments. Like he loves that attention, and he's ready to ready to ready to do something big in front of a big, you know, a crowd that's paying attention. Right? I think that that suits him. All right, Dale. Well, thanks right, for thank joining us. Congratulations.
You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a tradition like no other. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Get your tickets now at TalladegaSuperspeedway.com. All right, Kyle. Big week, Talladega. It's here. Get your tickets. Everyone, if you're in the if you're in Big Bill's Garage, stop by and see me. I'll be there all weekend. Uh, Kyle, uh, always great to hear Junior. Uh, not a day goes by they don't think about that cup racing. Uh, that's going to happen. I see it 2024, 20, 2025. Yeah, right. I think I think the possibilities out there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dale Jr. does end up owning a cup team one day. But uh, Noah Gregson doing really good in the Xfinity Series right now. It's been his, you know, it's his fourth year at Junior Motorsports. So seven wins this year, career year, and, uh, you know, trying to take the put the icing on the cake before he goes to the Cup Series next year. So uh, Noah Gregson, four straight, seven for the year. That's, that's pretty impressive, and it's time to move on. He's moving on to uh, GMS and Petty Motorsports. The organization did win this year with Eric Jones at the Southern 500, so that that team is definitely capable of winning. Um, they have the cars, you know, especially with that alliance. So, uh, yeah, they they have a good 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 thing under them right now. And uh, you know, uh, you know, I know we got Talladega coming up this week. We don't know what's going to happen yet, but all three series are going to be there. Um, big race for the Truck Series. You know, Ty Majeski locked in with his in the championship four with his Bristol wins. So. Um, I'm interested to see how that truck race goes. Um, you know, we're locking in spots for Homestead already, or excuse me, Phoenix. I think I did it again, but, uh, Phoenix, uh, the finale. So, uh, interested to see how that truck race is going to play out Saturday. I think that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. At least when, when we have playoff implications coming up, uh, Noah Gregson already locked into the next round. Um, but for the cup series, there's nobody locked in. Um, that could be a huge win come Sunday. Uh, to lock into the, the round of eight. And, uh, yeah, um, Rosh Chastain didn't do a single thing in in the uh, May race and won it. So uh, everybody wrecked either in front of him or behind him. So um, Rosh Chastain, the last cup driver to win a race at Talladega. So um, I'm just interested to see how it plays out, um, you know, 500 miles. Um, and, uh, you know, we have that. And uh, also, you know, there's no practice this weekend. So. Um, just qualifying in the race. So um, just interested to see, you know, who, who's going to be in the race. Um, entry list probably will come out later today. I'm glad we had Joey Gase on today. That was perfect. I think he's, in a, he's racing this week as well. So um, finished fifth there for me, Jimmy Means Racing back in 2015. So, you know, he's had some success there. But uh, I think that's what, you know, with Talladega, I think it's always this, the story, the underdog. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be wide open. You know, last year, Three first-time winners on the same weekend. Uh, Tate Fogelman winning the truck race. Brandon Brown winning the Xfinity race. Then Bubba Wallace winning the cup, the rain shortened cup race on Monday. So, um, interested to see how that stuff goes. And, you know, can we – you know, and that's another thing I want to mention, too, is keep an eye on Bubba Wallace. You know, that 45 team, they're trying to win an owner's title. So, yeah, although all these other drivers are running for the driver's uh, title, 45, you know, they did win the, the race in the last round. So, um, they're looking really good, and wouldn't be surprised to see if you know Bubba Wallace made it back to back come Sunday. Uh, Kyle, he, he he won last year. Rain shortened. A lot of people complaining about it, but I was there. They may have 
been able to start the race, but NASCAR would have had to chose what time they were going to quit because dark was approaching. And I've been to one dark, dark race finish, and uh, it's kind of hectic in uh, pit road down along trying to get back in the garage and it dark. So congratulations to Bubba. He got a, I called that he would win between, uh, what was it, uh, Gateway, Worldwide Technology, and, and Talladega, which he got it last week. He got it last week at Kansas. He was fast. That was a, that was a clean sweep for the 45-23-11 team as well because Kurt Busch was still on the sidelines one there in, uh, in May. So it was a, a clean sweep for the 45 car at Kansas this year. So, Kyle, we're going to play Tyler Reddick to finish the show. It's 24 minutes. Let's talk about what you got to close us out so we can let this play. Well, Rowdy, um, as mentioned, um, I'm looking to go hopefully to the Bloomsburg Fair this Thursday night, uh, 7 o'clock, ever, all the racing starts, the, uh, the, the PA, Central PA Legends cars and also the four-cylinder car is going to be on, on tap for the fair's first race since 1985. So um, hopefully I can get to that. Um, my schedule, my work schedule is really good this week. Um, next week, um, I'm off on Tuesday, October 4th, which is the same night as the inaugural Brian Monteith Classic at Lincoln Speedway. Um, haven't been to Lincoln since we went to the PA, the second PA Speed Week race of the week at Lincoln last year. So, uh, you know, no, no no national open for me, unfortunately. Um, but I've uh, been there in the past. You know, I know it's going to be a good weekend there. A lot of cars, a lot of people showing up. Uh, not sure what Larson's doing yet, Rowdy. I haven't seen anything yet. So, um, I know he ran it last year. Um, flew back and forth from Talladega, so I, I, I don't know. We don't know yet. So um, that kind of came later in the week last year, kind of kind of leaked out. So um, we'll see what happens. And then, you know, we have the you know the next weekend, we got the World of Outlaws it's at Port Royal for the Nittany Showdown. I think it's like 10000 to win one night, and I think 15000 to win the next night. So, um, yeah, interested to see how that will go. And then the week after, um, we got uh, – the uh, the speed showcase fifty thousand to win seventy five laps for the feature at Port Royal Speedway. I'm hoping to be there Thursday night for the forty lap uh, short track super series feature. That's that's kind of what the plan is looking right now. So um, kind of a kind of a less busy night. Um, also, Rowdy, uh, the addition of the four ten sprint cars to the weekend uh, Friday October fourteenth. Um, the short track super series going to have two twenty lap qualifying races for the feature, and then uh, the four ten sprint cars going to run a uh, 20 lap, five lap feature, 5,000 to win. So uh, interested to see how that weekend's going to go. And then the weekend after the Eastern States 200 at Orange County Fair Speedway, um, kind of, kind of, that's kind of what's going on here in the next next month uh, around here. You know, we just had the Gymnase Memorial Open at Sealands Grove. Uh, Anthony Macri winning that for the third year in a row. And uh, also, Rowdy, uh, before I throw it back to you, uh, Peyton Sellers uh, finally getting a grandfather clock in Martinsville uh, took the win in the Valley Star Credit Union 300. Um, that's actually on my bucket list, Rowdy. Um, you know, I know, I know, you know, the Cup race in Martinsville is important, but um, wouldn't mind seeing that late model race sometime. Uh, now that it's under the lights, too. So um, I don't know. There's a lot of racing going on, and uh, you know, we still got a still got a few months left until uh, we close out 2022. Exactly, Kyle. And uh, we got Tyler Reddick with his third win. Didn't see that coming at the first year. Well. 
I mean, Tyler Reddick was on the cusp of victory lane and uh, ran good at Auto Club. I know he didn't, I think he get a tire go down in that race. I know he was close in the Roval last year, so I think it was just a matter of time. And now he has three wins with RCR, and we still don't know his future yet. You know, I, I know Richard Childress Racing has said they were going to run a third car for him next year, but um, I, you know, we we haven't seen all the the details on that yet. But we'll we'll see what happens here in the next next month or two when we go into the off season. Kyle, so uh, Kyle, I appreciate you being part of the show. I know you got to get moving here at eleven uh, thirty. Appreciate you being part of the morning show. Uh, some really great guests: Joey Gates, Dylan Norris. Uh, hey, let's do it again Monday. But we're gonna be busy all week, Kyle. I'm leaving out Wednesday. Ex- expect something. All week from Talladega, Kyle. Well, I know it's your home race, Rowdy, and I know it's a big weekend. So uh, I like having the Xfinity there twice. Xfinity Series there twice now. Um, ever since they they brought they had a you know have when they were doing the whole COVID pandemic when they were moving the races and adding races and they kept that race. So um, kind of cool to see. Oh, I don't know why, Rowdy. It reminds me of that old Arca race they used to run in October. You know when you had when you had everybody show up when you had guys like Juan Pablo Montoya and Dario Franchitti show up and just to get some more track time. I, I mean I, I don't mind the ARCA race being in April. I don't have a problem with it. It's just I, I don't know. I've always I feel like I feel like you get more entries in the fall, but you know it is what it is and that's how they want to do it. So, um, but yeah, um, a lot of history there at Talladega Super Speedway. And Rowdy, you know before we we get into Tyler Reddick. Um, I've been told there's a lot of ARCA stuff at the International Motorsports Hall of Fame, so I definitely want to see that one day and uh, look at all that old ARCA stuff because, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Can't wait till you come, Kyle. When you, when, you, when you do come down to the track, you've got to stay two weeks because we've got plenty to do. Also, Kyle, let me mention this before we get started on uh, Tyler Reddick. This weekend it's a tribute to Red Farmer. A salute to NASCAR legend. That starts uh, Saturday night at 4, starts the racing. And, listen, I've heard them race over there till 3.30 in the morning. So, they're not. it's not over till it's over. A winner of tonight's Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500, Tyler Reddick, driver of the number 8, Richard Childress Racing, Racing Chevrolet. Tyler, this is your third win this season, first win at Texas in the Cup Series. How are you feeling? Um, pretty good. Um, it was a chaotic night for us from what felt like the very get-go. We had so many just things not go right. It was, um, I don't even know where to start. We just, we had a lot of things not go our way. And, um, at least two or three times I thought we were going to be crashing in the outside wall in turn one, whether it was because the door foam came off, got in my steering wheel, or me and Brad got into each other and I got loose into one. There was a lot of things that just didn't really seem like they were going our way. Loose wheel, I but uh, it didn't seem to hold us down. I mean, our car was really strong and we got some brakes along the way too. And I, I knew we had a strong car, but I didn't know how our night was going to finish after all the things that went wrong. So just great that we were able to put ourselves in that position, take two tires, and have a car strong enough to be able to hold on to the lead like that. All right. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We will go ahead and start right back there. 
Uh, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Um, Tyler, first off, congrats. I know you kind of wanted this one probably a week ago, um, but let's, I guess let's talk about the tires because, I mean, um, this is race 30 of the year, and I think we've had three in this entire season where we haven't had tire issues. Um, what is it like as a driver to, like, have that uncertainty of knowing, not knowing when the tire is going to go or if it's going to stay or, or how? Well, I mean, you have some sort of an idea. Uh, we, at the end of practice, we were one of a few that uh, had some issues with the right front tire. Um, so we knew we had some work to do, and there were some things we needed to change, maybe go up on some air pressure, that sort of thing. Uh, so it wasn't like a, an unknown, um, but, but certainly with, with the way the practice is set up, either you're, you take a chance of not running enough laps if you're working on your car a lot to really get a read on if you're, you know, if you're too low on air pressure or too aggressive on one thing or another. Um, but in our case, we ran enough laps and we were able to see that that we had um, been too aggressive on our right front tire, so we made some adjustments going into the race, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, it is tough to not really know. I mean, sometimes you have a warning. I feel like at Kansas I did, at Charlotte I did, uh, Fontana a little bit, but it's very... Very su very subtle. I mean, you get a little bit looser. The car starts to have a slight vibration, um, but a lot of times the vibrations I had tonight were very, very, very in intense. And uh, you know, if it if if it was going to blow, it would have, but it didn't. How would you describe that for you? For me personally, well, for you being not in the playoffs anymore compared to some of the others who are in the playoffs, because you know, Blaney said he's concerned um quite a few of the others for you you're not are you just now just is it fun like no i mean i'm concerned because i want to you know if we we blow a tire we don't have a chance to win the race um you know that's basically what happened in kansas it happened really early and we didn't get any stage points nothing so uh you know it's something we're always going to be aware of i mean we gotta you know there's there's performance and, and then there's a point where you gotta be be smart and, and try and keep it inside the you know a realistic area and uh you know if you, unfortunately for us a few times this year uh we've had really fast cars but we've been just pushing um certain things a little bit too far and unfortunately we've had issues because of it all right we'll go up to jeff were you having oh were you oh my gosh are you all right you sick were you having no i'm not sick it just vanished during the race were you, you were you were that excited <laughs> screaming and yelling Oh yeah. Like you know, I don't want fast cars. You know, I mean, I I would love fast cars, but like it, yes. But every time it seems like we we did have fast cars, something just just something would go wrong. So yeah, I was I was a little worried coming into today about that. Uh, but but thankfully we 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 were able to you know cut those tires apart after practice. And Goodyear was like, hey, we got a problem here. Like you know, you need to be aware of this. So we knew that we needed to. Okay, be a little bit smarter going into the race, make some adjustments. But yeah, it. Uh, I I love fast cars for sure. I, I definitely kind of got twisted to where it was like, oh, you know, okay, well, we make the car slower, and you won't have tire failures. But but seriously, every time we've had a car that is that was off, you know, we're not making the most grip out of the tires, so we're not, you know, pushing the limits of what the tires can handle. So yeah, I I definitely want to still have fast cars, but certainly it it is it is a bit crazy, you know, you have that short practice and you're going off of, you know, will force data and all these things to try and get the setup as close as you can. You know, you want to, you want to have speed, so you're going to push the issue in some areas and 
it's just hard to know where that line is until, unfortunately, something goes wrong or not. Go right up there. Hi, Michelle Aaron from Cronkite News. I came out here from Phoenix. Um, keeping with the theme of the cars, we did see a lot of accidents tonight, like an unprecedented number of things that happened. Do you think there's still a lot of room to improve on these Gen 7 race cars? I mean, there's things that will continue to change, I think, as we learn more about this car. Um, it's just in the year or, you know, months that, that we've ran in this season from start to now, we learned so much about this car that we didn't necessarily know was going to be a factor or, you know, it's gone directions I think some of us didn't really predict. So I think we'll continue to make to make um, improvements and, and everyone will do everything they can to try and help the reliability and, and, and the durability of, of the tires. Certainly, you know, as the teams learn more about this car, you know, we're going to be finding ways to push this car through the corners harder than 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 some of the some of the wheel force cars will be able to do in the corners. And so I think just as the teams continue to, to go down that path of maximizing this car further and further, you know, we just keep making more grip and uh, the tires have more and more stress because of it. So I think it's just just kind of a product of of that that rapid uh, you know ramp up and 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 learning about this car that this kind of happened this year. We'll go right up here. Rob Tiongson from the podium. Excuse me. Rob Tiongson from the podiumfinish.net. Tyler, congratulations on win number three for the season. It's your first on an oval. Two questions for you. I mean, it was a wild race for sure, but. How satisfying is this victory considering how frantic this was? And on a lighter note for my second question, how excited are you to finally get some cheddars, chicken tenders for fans out there? And maybe for me too. Yeah. No, any time that we can get that done, it's a big deal. Uh, going to a cheddars on a Monday night is going to be popping, that's for sure. There's going to be a lot of free chicken tenders. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully everyone's chowing down. But, but yeah, to get it on the ovals, uh, it, it is important. I, I didn't know where it was going to come but for it to be here is kind of a nice surprise and and based off again how our day started i didn't really know what our result was going to be today again we had we had a really strong car but just things weren't going our way but we were able to bounce back at the right times and and strategy kind of fell the way that it did and again our car was strong so we were able to kind of mix it up and it just turned out we had the right strategy and we were able to be at the front when it mattered and we were able to get to the lead and, and then hold on from there We'll go here to the left. Mark Carroll, PRN, congratulations. Great win. What was your feeling coming across the start-finish line, heading out of turn four? You can kind of coast in. It was this massive relief. I mean, again, we had a very frantic race. It was almost, you know, the kiss of bad luck immediately if you were leading the thing. So just what were you feeling taking the checkered flag after surviving all this? It was a huge sense of relief for sure. Um, yeah, just the, the last you know, 10 laps, I would say, you know, I'm looking behind me and Joey would kind of pop off a good lap and, you know, I'd have to push a little bit harder. It, it's it's really nice when you're in that spot where you have a car that's that good to where you can just kind of drive it at, at 80% and not, you know, overstep your marks, overstep the line um, because that, that kind of made me feel better about, okay, I got this vibration, but I can run the car 80% through three and four and not really lose much ground to Joey. So, uh, to finally cross the line and, and know that we we finished the race and, you know, that vibration wasn't really anything at all, it, as it seemed. 
uh, was a huge sense of relief for us because every time, like I said, it just seems like every time we've been fast, we've had something go wrong. We've had a failure, a tire go down, and um, after a while, it's definitely frustrating. So I was, I was definitely concerned, but we made it. And my follow-up question is this. I, when I see how hard this team fights for you and all you guys have accomplished this year, any, sec any regrets about your decision to move on or move away from this team, given just how good you guys are together? Um, no. Um, you know, it, it, my decision to stay and go wasn't – Had I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't really – oops. The lid was popped off that thing. Um, another thing that went wrong tonight. But, hey, we won. So, um, no, no regrets. I mean, it, it, unfortunately, the decision that was made and, and my choice to move on had nothing really to do with my team. It was just it was just circumstances with, you know, myself and RCR. And, um, you know, I, I love my team. I've never been as close as I am with this group as, as I have been with as, with anyone else. And, um, you know, it, it's a type of bond and, and – and 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 a group and the friendship that we have that will outlive our tenure together as as a, a driver and as a team. You know, we're already joking around about you know, in, in years down the road when when I'm running somewhere else, we'll probably still be doing the same things we're doing now. We'll probably still be spending spending time together, hanging out, doing that sort of thing. That's just who we are. So, um, yeah, we're we're making the most of this for sure. You know, it, it is unfortunate that you know. Things do have to come to an end, and as it turned out, you know, it's coming to a close a little bit sooner than we all initially thought when, when I made my announcements. But uh, it's the direction that, that RCR needs to take for, for their long-term goals, and I understand that. But they're a great team, and they're going to have a lot of fun, and, you know, they're, they're getting a really good driver. You know, they're getting a really, really good driver, uh, you know, after me. So, you know, they're going to continue to have that success and have that – have that strong drive behind the driver's seat. So, you know, I I didn't know if we were going to stay together our whole lives or, or how it was going to go, but if, if for whatever reason, you know, as it's turned out that I would be going the other way, I would I wanted nothing more than for them to have, like, the next best driver that, that there is in the field. And for them to get Kyle Busch, for me, is if I'm, if I'm going one way and, and I can't be with them any longer, if I could – to go through the list and pick a driver that's the guy so for for my team and those guys i care about a lot i'm really glad they're going to have him all right we'll go back there and then up to dustin uh steven stump of frontstretch.com um it was said before but harvick elliott truex were among the drivers to crash out of the lead Tire, tires have been a concern um obviously you said you were kind of also focused on racing logano but in the last in the last green flag run, just how much in your mind were you thinking, oh, please don't go flat, flat, please don't go flat? Probably about, I'm not going to lie, um, probably about half, about 50% of my brain was thinking about that, and the other 50 was just on on running clean laps. Again, that's just because we've we've had a lot of those issues this year. Uh, Fontana, we were leading in the Lenovo car, of all things, and uh, blew a tire, unfortunately got ran over by William, and our day ended. Uh, Charlotte, another really strong car, we're running second behind Ross and had a failure. But we were able to rebound from Charlotte. Um, but there's just been a lot of races this year that's been that way. So because of that, yeah, it, it's in the back of my mind. But again, it's you know everyone knows that coming into this, you know you gotta you gotta push some limits. And uh, unfortunately, just with the, with this new tire and with this new car, it's a little bit more sensitive to it. So you just have to be on top of it a little bit better. Be really paying attention to the tires after practice and 
um, be ready to make some adjustments going into the race so you don't have those issues. Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Tyler, I wanted to ask you about uh, the Byron Hamlin incident. And I think you were, if I'm not mistaken, you were only a few cars or a couple cars behind. What did you see from, from your perspective, first of all, please? Well, I'm not going to lie, Dustin. I don't really know what what happened. Um, I just know that I think it was Truex had the flat, and then I see Denny going through the grass. Um, so I, I I don't really know what happened. So I mean, if, if some if if you do and you want to fill me in, that'd be good because I mean, I can see they were going at each other, but I don't know if like William intentionally did it or not. I I don't know those details. Yeah, Byron said that Hamlin forced him up and two, he hit the wall, and then he went to hit him under caution and said he hit him too hard. Um, I'm curious from a, a competitor's point of view, and there's video that shows the contact happened after the caution lights were illuminated. Hamlin did not get his position back. Is that a concern or, a type, or what type of question would you have as a competitor if you were put in that situation, because well, obviously that Hamlin and Gabehart felt like they should have been put back in there because they had no control of not, you know, maintaining speed because they got knocked out of the way. Yeah. Well, the, the one time I've hit someone under caution, I got parked, and William didn't get parked, so it's it is different. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, yeah. You know, it was under caution. He got ran over. What can you really do? You know, it, it's. It's one of those deals where, if, you know, I feel bad for Denny and, and, and the team, but, you know, rules are rules. He didn't maintain speed, so there's just arguments all over the board, you know. Um, I don't know if we can really allow guys to run over other guys under, under you know, caution and be able to maintain their spot, you know, in Williams' situation. You know, if, if he did run him over, whether it was on accident or on purpose, I feel like there should be some sort of, you know, penalty for him on that on that side because... He's completely screwed someone's race up, whether it was on purpose or not. So I feel like there should be something done there. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll make some sort of a decision, or, or you know, I'm sure it'll be something they'll they'll address this week and updates and um, on, on NASCAR side. So I'll be curious to see what that is. But certainly, we can't really have this where you know you dump someone under caution, they go to the back, and you don't. I mean, that could be a potentially a really interesting uh, situation in the future. Another thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've referenced the, the issues been about the tire issues throughout this year. Obviously, I know you talk about it's the new car and everybody's learning. Um, what are the things that I guess, you know, maybe certain things can be changed now, but maybe some things can't be. What are the, the lessons or things that the sport, the teams, everybody needs to do in, in moving forward to try to limit it? Obviously. Competitors are always going to push the limit, so even if things are dialed back, there's still going to be some sort of a limit. Is, is there anything that can be done moving forward, or is it this is racing and it's all about pushing the pushing the line, and this is what happens? I don't really know all the details on this, to be honest with you, um, but but I, I do feel like it that Goodyear will be able to correct this. I just think to a degree. Potentially, as, as these cars have gotten faster and we're getting more speed out of them, maybe, hypothetically speaking, maybe we're we're you know putting the cars through more more load and more 
um, you know, putting more stress on the tire than, than they ever really thought we would be. I, I don't know, but I know Goodyear will fix it. I mean, that's what they do. You know, it, it's going to be a process, but, um, you know, I know they're going to be on top of it that, you know, hey, they don't want to see those those failures. We don't want to see them either. They're going to be working on um, looking through and trying to figure out what exactly is going on. And, you know, we'll all learn from it. It's a brand new car. This is the first time we've, in the history of our sport, we've gone to an 18-inch wheel and independent rear suspension. All these things are way different. Diffuser, all these things, way different. And so we're all learning together. And unfortunately, just the nature of it, we're having tire failures. We're going to go right up there. Matt Kreider, Denton Record Chronicle. Tyler, what is the feeling winning one week after elimination? Eh, I mean, it's still nice. I, as much as uh, it, it would be really easy to be thinking about, you know, oh, God, man, two points and we're out locked in round eight. But it's done. It's in the past. There's nothing we can do to change it. So I'm just going to enjoy the win that we have today, tonight, and uh, get ready for Talladega and try and go do the same thing there. I mean, I would, I'd love to be racing for a championship. I really would, but we can't. We can uh, do everything we can to go out and win these races, though, from, from here to Phoenix. And what were you saying about the door foam in the steering wheel? I don't know. It was a warm day. Um, <clears throat> but, but, yeah, for whatever reason, it kind of come unglued. And next thing I know, I'm driving in turn one, and the door foam fell over, and I'm trying to turn my hands to turn the steering wheel, and the door foam was, was in, in my hands and in my wheel, so I couldn't really turn the steering wheel. And I went flying up the racetrack. I was kind of fighting a loose handling condition, so, I mean, I could – somewhat turn the wheel but as soon as something had kind of fallen over into my hands i couldn't be as smooth as i needed to be um i was worried i was going to spin out trying to still steer through it falling over so it, it fell over i grabbed it and i tried to throw it over to the right side of the car it got stuck right in front of my face go down the front straightaway which was not good uh, but i got it over the right side eventually and then under that lightning delay uh, we were able to get it back out from the right side of the car um, and, and fix it and, and really just tape everywhere and got it really taped to the right to the to the left side of the car and it didn't come loose again right back there uh, cable vessel speedway digest.com tyler congratulations um you mentioned earlier about talladega what is the mindset when you're out of the playoffs you got talladega next week you got the roble the week after um obviously there's going to be some guys looking for some points and whatnot and as a chevy driver are you going to be you know, trying to help them out, especially at Talladega, uh, trying to get some points, or are you just going out there and focusing on yourself and trying to get a couple more wins? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be selfish, honestly. I mean, I want to win for this team. I mean, I would I would love to be up at the front and hang out all day up at the at the front of the field racing, but the trend, unfortunately, recently with with these just you know, super speedways is just a lot of crashes. And whoever's left in the end can pick up the scraps and win. So it's something that's going to be on all of our minds this week as we prepare. What are we going to do? Are we going to be up front racing all day, maybe get crashed and be out? Um, you know, we're, we're pretty much just focused on winning races. So I think we get a feel for what our car is going to do and um, then make a decision. Do we run up front all day or do we kind of hang out and wait uh, for the big crashes at the end? Jerry. Jerry Jordan kicking the tires on it. You look like the smartest guy in the garage right now. You've got uh, it's a bug what? flying around the room. She's freaking out. Sorry, Marissa's like yeah, pat, pat, like yeah, she, it's a bug. It's flying around. They're scared. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you look like the smartest guy in the garage right now. I mean, you've got a why because do I? You've got a contract already signed, you're, and then your team is on. You know that you're with now is on fire. You're 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 basically you know padding your your stats with wins. So you you got to feel good about yourself. I mean, and and the decisions that you made. What is left for you know this next year, for this year and then next year for Tyler Reddick before you move on, or how does that how does that play into factor? Y'all decided what you're going to do. I mean, I like winning, so I I just plan on showing up to the track and try to win every race. I mean, nothing will really change. It's going to be same thing we thankfully did tonight. I'm going to try and do the same thing every week. It'll be a new challenge with with different people, and that'll be fun. I'll look forward to it. It'll be a new challenge. Got to accept it and embrace it. It'll be fun. All right, we're going to take one final question over there. Congratulations, um, Raphael with Arconic. So on yesterday, the story was, you know, what should happen to Texas Motor Speedway? So you've got a win here. What do you think should happen to Texas Motor Speedway? We heard everything from tear it down and start over, Atlanta 2.0. What are your thoughts? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I, I look at the mile-and-a-half tracks that we really have, and we got Charlotte, we got Kansas, we got Homestead, but Homestead's its own, you know, animal. It's a different shape. Atlanta's a super speedway now. I mean, I think I've kind of hit them all. Uh, oh, Vegas? We got Vegas. Um, yeah, so for me, I mean, we don't have – at one time we had Chicago, Kentucky, you know, a lot of different uh, mile-and-a-half tracks. So for me, I, I, lo I mean, I, I enjoy racing here now. But the Texas that I came into in the truck series, it was wore out. You could move all over it and had the tunnel bumps. Um, the, the, the layout of that old track was really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. And some of the greatest drivers in our sport could just absolutely dominate here. So me, I would love to see a return to that. If we couldn't do that, maybe, you know, turn it into a true true oval or, you know, something like Homestead. Um, not like Homestead, but, you know, make it, make it like the old Atlanta, something like that. Um, it just, for whatever reason, having having tracks where one and two or, or one end of the track is really, really flat and the other end has a lot of banking, it kind of takes away variables. Um, you know, we, we we have to lift a lot in one and two, and it's very technical, but we get over to three and four, and we're almost wide open. So, I mean, we'll, we'll for the most part, we'd never, ever be running up by the fence in three and four. So I think just making the two corners very close together think would, would would make uh that, that's what i'd want to see it kind of return to its past or or be something a little bit more old school all right thanks for joining us tyler congratulations thank you you'll have to see it to believe it whoever said that must have been talking about talladega it's a tradition like no other NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, everybody, 
be ready for the ticket giveaway. We've been giving them away now for, I think, eight days. We've got four more left. Uh, four more, which is two sets for Sunday's race. We'll see you in Big Bill's Garage. Stop by, get your pictures up. Tell me what's going on. Tell me your experience in Big Bill's Garage. Still got free camping, folks. Got the concert on Saturday night. Hey, you got the rodeo on Friday night. Rodeo, listen, it was a packed house last, last October. It should be even more, because they went back to tell everybody what they missed. All right, folks. See you at Talladega. Keep that live shining. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. Where a town turns into a city and a weekend becomes a lifetime of memory. It's a tradition like no other. What a wild finish. NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Wallace, the winner at Talladega. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. I also want to thank Joey Gates for calling in and Dylan Norris. Thanks, Kyle, for being part of the show.